from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Back at it on the practice field here today at the Greenbrier. And that's where John DeShazer and myself, Sean Kelly, come to you today with the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Good show for you today. Really good show, as a matter of fact, just because I hope that you'll enjoy the uh, interviews listening to them as much as I did conducting them. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports is with us today. We'll also talk Pelicans uh, summer uh, offseason stuff and a very, very great story with regard to a special cause with assistant coach Brian Gates. And today we get to hear from the quiet storm himself, Marcus Colston. But my man here, John DeShazer, is just off the practice field. Um, a spirited one to say the least here at the Greenbrier on this day six of their practices. Yeah, all those big names, I feel like I kind of lower the level of uh, <laughs> intelligence on the show today. But yeah, guys really got after it today, man. Um, after the day off, we kind of figured they might have a little bit more zip to them. And sure enough, they delivered. I think Cam Jordan said that the defensive line in particular took it upon themselves to come out and show a little bit more intensity. I mean, you could see it from the beginning. These guys were a little bit contentious, a lot feisty. And um, I, you wouldn't have been surprised if they ended up throwing hands at it, as a matter of fact. They put the pads on, what was it, Sunday for the first time. This is probably the contact and chippiness that you wanted to see right away just because you love football. We kind of had to wait to Thursday to get it. Well, you knew at some point in time, you thought you might see it early, but if you didn't see it early, you knew at some point in time these guys were going to get sick of seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And they're probably at that point right now where, yeah, they're teammates in the locker room and they hang out together, but now, you know, football is a physical game. You get the pads on and guys start doing what comes natural to them with those pads and they want to start hitting each other. And so, you know, today they really, really started getting feisty. I was talking to Marcus Colston after practice and while that interview was going on, Coach Payton was talking to you guys. What did Coach have to say about today? Well, he said pretty much the same thing. He said he saw the feistiness, and uh, I think he really enjoyed it, as a matter of fact. He said he saw some uh, nice back-and-forth battles, and wins and losses between the offense and defense, which you pretty much expect to hear him say and, and, and to see. But, yeah, for the most part, he said, you know, it's, it's that point in camp where guys are, are in the pads and and it's going to get a little bit chippy, and it's probably going to get, you know, it's going to stay that way, certainly through the through the scrimmage, but you don't want to do it to, to the point of detriment to where someone gets injured. Were there any individuals that stuck out to you during the uh, near two-and-a-half-hour session? Well, for the most part, I mean, I, the guy who caught my eye early was Akeem Hicks, uh, the defensive tackle who could, who could be in for a monster year. I mean, he could really have one of those kind of years that defensive tackles stand out in terms of sacks and those kind of things. But, I mean, he's strong. He's young. And uh, he was the one who really 
kind of started the chippiness in the in the in the offensive line, defensive line drills where, you know, he had the mouth going, he had the strength and the muscles going, and he was giving them the business. He was letting the offensive guy, line guys know, look, you're holding me or, or look, you're not gonna you're not gonna block us today. So he was the guy who really stood out to me. But again, you know, you see some some plays from the secondary. Patrick Robinson, who's gotten his hands on a ton of balls here in practice, finally came up with a pick today. <laughs> a nice diving pick as a matter of fact. He probably dropped some easier ones than that. So you like to see the ball skills coming back because he's a guy who's gonna be critical in that secondary. It feels really like we're working toward the black and gold scrimmage now on Saturday, at least with the way we saw practice today. And talking with Coach Payton just a short time ago, we were asking him about what that scrimmage will look like on Saturday. And he said, definitely it's going to be a full go. We've got the officiating crew here for the next couple of days from the NFL. That'll help. He said, I don't know yet if I'm going to let them take guys to the ground or if it's full go to a stand-up and a wrap. So at this point, it seems Coach is a little undecided about that, but there's no doubt at what speed he wants to see it go on Saturday. Look, guys are going to go down, okay? Let's let's say that it might be quote-unquote accident, but some guys are going to end up on the turf just like they did today. It was supposed to be full go, and, and guys were supposed to be held up, and we saw um, you know Mark Ingram on the ground. We saw Kyrie Robinson on the ground. We're going to see some of that. I'm really anxious to see, and I, you know, I, I know you want to pres preserve guys and you don't want to tackle, you don't want to risk injury. But I really want to see Brandon Cooks cut loose full speed, you know, actually dodging guys as opposed to, you know, doing the tag and everything because, you know, he seems to be one of those guys who's special. He can make you miss in space. He can outrun you. I really want to see them try to get him on the ground out in space. All right, that's John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly here at the Greenbrier for Saints Training Camp 2014 presented by Verizon. We ran down our guest list for you at the top of our first segment here, but just a quick reminder, a little bit later on, Pelicans assistant coach Brian Gates, and then we hope to learn something not only from Coach Gates, but from Mike Florio too, and Marcus Colston. We'll get right into our guests with the uh, quiet storm right after this first time out. is all across Louisiana with cash jackpot starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash must be at least 21 to purchase. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300 with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit Pelicans com today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. <gasps> this is the Black and Blue Report. I know you felt it, but what a difference for you from a year ago, going full go here, almost from the get-go at training camp, as opposed to, gosh, was it the last preseason game that we finally got just got to see you going there? Yes. Um totally different ball game this year just kind of coming into this camp feeling really good uh, you know the foot's not giving me any issues so um, feeling good has um, what what made the difference I guess as far as I know it's as you get older and all that you're more in tune with your body and everything else 
What was different about the offseason this year as opposed to last? You know, you talked about the foot, but clearly, though, it's like you've turned back the clock maybe even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the key for me this offseason was just rest. Um, I, I really took the, the first part of the offseason, um, probably up through through mid-May, and I, I just uh, I, didn't, I didn't do much. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of seeing the benefits of that now and really just using this camp to really get in football shape. Is it me, or is there a clear infusion of youth with this football team? And I'm not just talking about youth, but quality youth with this football team. There absolutely is across the board. And, um, you know, it's up to, to us veteran guys to, to really set that tone and let those those young guys fall in line. But um, we brought a lot of talent in this offseason. Marcus, do they push you or do they energize you? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, a very finite number of snaps. And, um, you know, you got you to gotta share them. So you, you want to obviously keep your share. But yeah, I'm definitely excited about seeing what some of these young guys can do. I was talking to Champ the other day, and he said, it seems like wherever I go, I've got four rookies on my hip. Is it kind of the same way on your side of the ball with you? Yes, similar feeling. And, you know, you see these guys, they come out, and they, they got, you know, a bounce in their step every day. And, you know, you, you kind of got to work for that every, every few days. But, uh, you know, it's a really good experience, really, really good opportunity to, to kind of, you know, teach some of these young guys um, the ropes and, um, you know, just kind of feed off of their energy. You've been on so many of these Saints teams in recent memory for most fans. What can you tell them is different about this group than maybe some of the other ones that you've been a part of? Um, more than anything, I think we're, we're very deep this year. Um, you know, across, across the board, skill positions, um, you know, the, the, the offensive line and defensive line positions. Um, I think we're, we're very deep, very talented, and it's just a matter of coming out here every single day and, and putting it together and getting better. Last year, there were a lot of different it seemed like motivating factors, and whether they're media Trump, fan Trump, whatever, but there were, there were things that were obvious motivators for the football team. Not that anything bad has happened, or I know you all didn't finish the way you wanted to finish, but what would you say quietly in that locker room is, is the driving force behind whether or not you have a good camp or not? I mean, it's the, it's the same driving force that it is, as it is every year. Um, you know, our standard is, is to win championships here, so... Um, you know, that's, that's the mindset going in, and we know that it's a process that you got to take advantage of every single day, and that's what we're out here doing. Marcus, I'm somewhat new to you guys. I've been doing the NBA for so long. You know, you, in a lot of ways, you remind me of Stacy Augman. Do you remember Stacy? Vaguely. The plastic Vaguely. man? Yep. He would talk during training camp, and then he just made it clear to everybody, I just I don't like to talk, I don't want to do it, and that was his policy throughout the rest of the year. You're kind of almost cut from that same cloth. Is there a reason why that you remain as quiet as you do or or maybe shun the spotlight as much as you do? Um, it's really just my nature. Um, you know, I just like to come out here and go to work every day and um, let the result speak for itself. So um, I, I don't really feel feel the need or, or feel the urge to, to say much. So it wasn't something that happened or a, a discomfort, if you will? No, not, not a discomfort. I'm just not, you know, it's just my nature. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, a quiet and reserved person. Did the quiet and reserved nickname that you have come before your uh, – your ways in the NFL, or was that as a result of your ways? That's, that's probably as a result of my ways, um, you know, early on in college. And like I said, it's just, you know, who, who I am and, and who I'll continue to be. If you were to say my season will be really well remembered because of this, what would this be? Um, you know, the only thing worth remembering is, is a championship. So, um, you know, that's obviously the goal and that's the standard here. Enjoy watching you work during camp. Have a great one, okay? Definitely appreciate it. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. 
the New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition, and Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. We're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our coverage here continues from practice of the Greenbrier for Saints training camp. He's been on before, and, um, well, he's one of our favorites. And as we've tried to, to do on Black and Blue Report, we try to direct our fans to the right guys to follow, the right guys to read, and certainly Mike Florio fits that bill. And it's good to see you here at practice today, Mike. Oh, it's great to be with you, and uh, always great to to uh, talk to folks from uh, the Black and Blue Report. Mike, uh, you're with Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. Your story, and we didn't really talk about this the last time we had you on, your story just intrigues the daylights out of it. You're a, you're a lawyer by trade, aren't you? Yeah, I practiced law for 18 years. Now, there was overlap for about 10 years. I was practicing law and running ProFootballTalk.com. And then when NBC came around 2009 or thereabouts and said, uh, we'd like to partner up and, uh, oh, by the way, you'd have to start practicing law. Uh, I didn't have to spend a whole lot of time thinking about that. Once I saw how the deal was going to work, I said, like, yeah, I think I could, I could arrange that. But it's helped. You know, when I first got in the business, it's like, I have no journalistic training. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure this out as I go. But there have been so many stories over the years where if I didn't have the legal background, I would have been completely lost trying to figure it all out. It's a different way to think, though. I mean, you're trained to think differently than most as a trained lawyer, right? Well, that's absolutely. And with so many legal issues and so many contracts to interpret, collective bargaining agreements, the various things that happen when guys find trouble or trouble finds them, it just makes it a lot easier to help the audience understand it because it, it's, if you're not a lawyer, I don't know how you get to the point where you can understand what it all really means and translate the jargon into nuts and bolts that the audience can understand. What did your wife say when you brought this to the table and said, hey, I'm thinking about a little bit of a career change here? She just kind of looked at me and said really and I said you know I think that it's and, and the thing is she knew the passion that I had for it and she knew how hard I was working at both jobs I think in her mind she thought okay if he gives up one he won't be working as hard which she didn't realize is you end up working harder when you go all in on one especially something like the NFL where it never stops there's an overabundance of writers bloggers photojournalists the whole nine yards that cover now the National Football League how have you been able to rise to where you are a trusted source and have gained, I guess, the trust of different executives and leagues or coaches around the league? I mean, we, we always try to be honest with everyone, but we don't pull punches. We say what we believe, and there are times, and I could show you texts on my phone that I've gotten in the past couple of weeks where key members of certain organizations don't like what we have to say, but we can disagree respectfully, and, and from the audience perspective we just try to provide a comprehensive one-stop shop where you can go for all NFL news 
run through the filter of what we think is interesting. Some stuff not interesting, other stuff interesting. We try to make good editorial decisions about what the fans would be interested in, and you have to approach it as a fan. What would I be interested in? What would I want to read about? Where would I want to go if I had to pick a destination to spend my time and devote my attention to? And we've always tried to be the website that we would spend our time visiting. Mike Florio, our guest. Mike, what do you hope to gain out of your time here in West Virginia watching the Saints? Well, I mean, I want to get a better feel for what this Saints team is all about. And, you know, we come down here to get some access, talk to people like Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham, create a little content that way, have some fun, get to know people a little better, build the relationships. And uh, and ideally, yeah, where where is this Saints team right now? I get the feeling that they're flying under radar a little bit. I think the expectations nationally maybe don't reflect how good the team is. The monkey's off the back to a certain extent as it relates to winning on the road in the postseason. Can they build on that this regular season? Can they play well enough on the road in the regular season to get home games in the postseason? We know from 2009 what happens if you do have those games in the Superdome, virtually unbeatable at home. If the team can be a little more unbeatable on the road, then we have to take them seriously. And I've been saying for months now, Saints, 49ers, Seahawks, whichever of those three teams is the highest in the playoff tree, that team's the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. But I'm not ready to write off the Saints if they have to go to San Francisco or Seattle, as I would have been in past years. That's interesting, and and, and I'm glad you brought up kind of the other players in the, in the NFC. And the folks that I've talked to over the last two weeks, it seems clear that everybody feels that the NFC is the stronger conference. And even with all the optimism around this Saints team right now, gosh, you, you have to think that it's not going to be an easy road to get that playoff seed you're referring to. No, I mean, the, the last year the Panthers won the division, and they took some hits, but they still have a very good team, a great front seven defensively, a young franchise quarterback in Cam Newton, or maybe borderline franchise quarterback. Uh, you know, it used to be the NFC East was the power division in the NFC, and everybody else was just kind of trying to keep up. Now the NFC East is overlooked and forgotten, and top to bottom, the South, North, and West – they're, they're loaded, and any of the four teams in any of those three divisions can win the division. And and uh, whoever emerges as the victor in that division will be ready for the postseason because you'll be battle-tested. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to be better. They can't be much worse. The Falcons are going to rebound. It's going to be a tough division to win, and if the Saints can win it, they'll be even better suited to be successful in the postseason. Mike, I know it's uh, July 31st, whatever this is today. I, I've lost track of days, even the day of the week. But are you at a point where you could you could say – these will be the last four teams come late January. Have you given that much thought? No, no, because the one known unknown is injury. We know they'll happen. We don't know who they'll happen to. We don't know when they'll happen. I used to get in trouble, too, because I'd say, well, you know, for example, if Aaron Rodgers tears his ACL, and then all the Packers fans say, like, oh, oh, you're, you're, you're going to jinx Aaron Rodgers. So I don't even mention names anymore other than Aaron Rodgers. But you could have a key injury that changes everything. I mean, look at the Cowboys. They had the Sean Lee injury in the offseason. That changed everything for the Cowboys. And everything after that is talk. This, that team's going to have a hard time contending without Sean Lee. So it can happen to any team, and it will happen. It'll happen in preseason games. It'll happen in practices. It'll happen in regular season games. Most teams will be far different come January than they are in September. So I delay any predictions as long as possible until the season begins. The Thursday the season begins is when I'll lock in my predictions. But even then I know we got 17 weeks of football, and the teams that emerge as the best teams are going to be a lot different than the teams going in week one. Mike Florio, let me ask you one more question about the business of football before I let you go. NBC's decision to, to go ahead and go forth with Sunday night football, I was skeptical at first 
But when I saw that the strength of the schedule was what it was, then it became obvious that that would be a highly successful television program. Here now we have the Thursday night package, which CBS has jumped into, and you still always have the, the traditional Monday night game. Is the NFL doing okay with, I guess, spreading the weekend out a little bit, or are we dangerously close to taking away something that makes the NFL unique? I think we'll be fine because there isn't much more the NFL can do. You know, it's kind of like uh, pizza in a, uh, with cheese. There's only so many places you can shove cheese. There's only so many nights that you can shove football. Friday and Saturday, you can't do it because the NFL would lose its broadcast antitrust exemption, which for a variety of reasons is incredibly important to the NFL. So we're now maxed out. And taking those Thursday night games from cable and making them, at least for the first half of the season, broadcast, the ratings will be much higher. They'll be on par with Sunday Night Football's ratings. Now, the games aren't as great as I thought they would be. They're all divisional games, so they'll be interesting, but they won't be phenomenal. Hey, wow, got to see this game on Thursday night. But the NFL also laying the foundation to resell that package come 2015 for a lot more money than what they got in 2014. So this is kind of an experimental year for the NFL, but I think it'll be fine. And I, we're not going to see Wednesday night football, we're not going to see Tuesday night football, and we're never going to see Friday or Saturday football until after early December when you can have Saturday games. And there will be right. a doubleheader on Saturday this year. And a lot of people loved it. I remember growing up, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock game Eastern on Saturday. The last couple years, uh, last couple weeks of the year, those were great. And maybe we're going to get back to that at some point. But you had to wait for college football to kind of take their break, right? It to, it's from the first weekend in September until the first weekend in December. There can be no broadcast of NFL games on Fridays or Saturdays. And that's in deference to high school and college football. And if the NFL ever started doing that, the ability to bundle all the games together and go to the networks. Look, you can't you can't have the Cowboys without the Jaguars. No offense to the Jaguars. That's just the first team that doesn't have a national following that came to mind because they're turning it around. But you have to take them all. You can't just take the teams that are popular right now. You have to take them all. See, we started talking about law and we finished with law. Isn't that right. interesting? There you, go. there you go. Well, I could talk law all day, but I'd rather talk football. Mike, good to see you. Thanks Mike. for coming by. Good seeing you. Thanks. Yeah. Mike Florio with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue here from the Greenbrier training camp in just a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Our coverage, of course, continues here from the Greenbrier, but connected via telephone through Studio B in New Orleans to be on the show today is Pelicans assistant coach Brian Gates. Brian, you have been a busy, busy man this summer. It's uh, it's been it's been busy. It's been fun though. It's uh, it's, uh, it's it's a lot lot going on. 
There's no doubt. Hey, let's start with the Summer League first, and then I want to get to kind of the meat of what our conversation is going to be like today. But I don't want to not have you, and, of course, you serving as the head coach of the Pelican Summer League team out in Las Vegas, not get your thoughts now looking back on what transpired in Las Vegas with the basketball team. Well, I, I thought it was, a, it was a great opportunity for us. You know, um, when, when we didn't have – going into the draft, we didn't have any picks, and then um, – and then we were obviously able to get one, and so you knew summer league was going to be was going to be just we we're going to try to get our roster guys to play, and then uh, you know look at some guys. You know it was, it was I thought it was going to be a great opportunity for us to get free looks and at uh, at some at some possible new guys, and then bang, you know we we were able to draft Russ, and then we were on the phone with Patrick Young right after the the draft i mean dell picked up the phone was on the phone with his agent and and we got that we got that commitment done which which was great and then now you have some youth in your in your team and and then um and then jeff with with jeff playing i I thought it was it kind of took a life of its own a little bit to 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 start and and, um and it it, it was fun and a, a big part of it is a lot of summer leagues teams bring in their you know six or seven roster or four roster guys and then they have two or three picks and you know the, the rest of the guys just kind of fill roles well that wasn't the case with us this year I mean we were starting you know t- you know two guys that that sometimes wouldn't play I mean I, I talked to Josh Carter before summer league he said he never played over 100 minutes in the entire summer league and he started every game for us playing you know almost 30 minutes a game which, which I thought was, was was a great opportunity for him Brian I've probably been short-sighted in this but I've always been one to be very careful about this, what I see in summer league games. Um, yep. Am I being short-sighted on that? No. Uh-uh. Not at all. I, so, I, I, so with with that being said, what do we take away from what we saw in guys like Jeff Withy, Patrick Young, and Russ Smith? Um, well, Russ is going to obviously going to have to learn to play point guard, and and at school, Coach Fatino asked him to score. You know that that was his job, and now he's playing with guys that uh, that maybe aren't, um, you know, that that are at his skill level set. I think he was a lot of times last year when he would get on the floor, he was the best player on the floor, and um, and uh, now it's you know there, there's a lot of people better, and so he's got to he's got to learn to to use his teammates and to use the use the use his teammates to get his own stuff going because he does like to get to the basket. Um, and then Pat, I thought Patrick was was great. You talk about somebody that exceeded some expectations. Um, you know, in the in the analytics world that we live in a little bit, his rebounding numbers were below average, and I thought he rebounded the ball really well. I thought he also was a great defensive pick and roll defender. And as we know, that the NBA game is, is is very heavy in pick and roll, especially um, especially the second and the you know the second unit teams, and and then. Jeff struggled a little bit with um, uh, with some foot injuries before practice, and then um, and then um, during practice in summer league. So his rhythm was a little bit off. But I thought I thought he did well. I thought he really ran the floor and and did some deep some good defensive stuff. You know, both those guys aren't guys they're going to just you're going to run down to and throw the ball to every other possession. You know, that's just not the, the style that that they're going to play. 
And so, with, with the meat of with the meat, which I think what you're asking, with the meat of the plan of summer league, I think those three guys we got some fulfillment. The only kind of down part was was Jeff being hurt. You know, he's you know you know big guys always kind of have issues with their feet. He had a little ankle, something wrong with his ankle, which kind of didn't let him get his timing for summer league. Hmm. Um, with that being said, uh, I talked to Coach Williams. I guess it was last week. And and we basically came to an agreement that this this is probably as good as he's felt about the team, you know, going into August than he has at any point, you know, in his time in New Orleans. Are, are you kind of on the same page with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, uh, a lot. You know, a lot of it has to do with obviously AD's um, maturity and his and his growth. You know, the steps he's taken. I mean, I. You know, it's funny. I, th- I think he finished second in in most improved player. You know, he he could he could do that again next year. Um, you know, obviously, and that's just that's just kind of not holding the clipboard board and playing for him. And then you know, obviously, I think everybody's rehab and you know post surgery stuff has gone really well. You know, Ryan feels great, Drew feels great, Eric feels good, and so you know that, that obviously there's a there's a little but a part of unknown, but yeah, there's there's there, there there's some there's some bright eyes I think around around our facility. It's like we're we're excited about being healthy. We're excited about everybody kind of being together a year, and um, you know, guys, um, you know, Eric like Eric just shows up in the middle of the summer league. Tyreek comes to summer league just 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 to be around the team, and and I, that stuff that stuff carries on to the court, you know. Well, there's no doubt this is all welcome news. Pelicans assistant coach Brian Gates here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Brian, if as, as if you weren't busy enough with the matters of the team, uh, Brian Gates is training for the uh, Sandustin Florida Triathlon and doing it with a cause in mind. Um, it's one thing to train, but tell me about the inspiration for you to uh, to do this here this coming uh, August. Um, well, there. There's an Ironman at the uh, at right. It always happens at the end of our season. It's a half Ironman, and um, uh, 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 some people from Atlanta came up and were riding out on I think Highway 90, and uh, a, a guy kind of swerved four lanes and hit him, and it killed a guy. And, and uh, when I found out about it, um, you know, as, you know, it's just because it was a triathlon. I, I read about it and. It, and he was a father of triplets and uh, you know obviously I have triplets and so I kind of looked more into it and, and um he actually was Frank is from New Orleans and um and they live in Atlanta and they were just up here doing the Ironman and on a Thursday just kind of getting like getting a ride in before it and uh so you know obviously it was just it was a complete shock and the first thing that hits you know hits your mind is you know that now these three little girls are going to grow up without a dad and and um, and then you know then you always kind of put it back on you. It's you know what would happen if you know what would happen if something happened to me. I, I would want some people to rally around Robin. You know, probably the same thing with you. You know, you, Sean, you have two teenagers. It's like if something happened to you, um, you know, you would want people to rally around your family. And so I just kind of thought about what, what can I do. And because it was a triplet thing, I, um, there's a, there's a triplet group. Uh, a whole bunch of families with triplets in New Orleans, and the, and the moms always do stuff. And so uh, I just kind of decided, you know, the dads are gonna, we're, the dads are gonna take care of this one. So 
Um, there's actually a couple other dads, uh, triplet dads that are that are going to do it with with me. We're, we're you know more. We're all going to do it together. And they um, decided to raise some money. Uh, th- th- um, some friends of uh, of the family put out a, a thing to raise some money for um, for Kim and, and and her girls, and they put twenty five thousand dollars as a goal, and it hit within about the first two hours. So they moved it up to fifty. And by the end of the week, it had hit 50 grand. So they put it to 75, and then it hit 75. So they put it to 100, and it's kind of creeped around 95,000. And so we just kind of decided that we're going to try to raise some money to bump it back, you know, up over a thousand bucks. And so it just kind of, you know, I was sitting in the office with Coach Ayers, and we were talking about it. And Frank was a firefighter, and his wife Kim's a school teacher. And Coach Ayers goes, you know, be they they both give back to the community. And he's right, you know, both both jobs, you know, are givers to the community. So I just thought that maybe the community could give back to them. So that's why we're doing it. No doubt. I mean, it is, it's incredible what you're putting together here. Brian, had you ever done a triathlon before? Is this your first? No, I, I've, done, I've done two. I did one last year, and then I, I did, a, I did a, another one this year, but they were both, they were both little. I mean, I, it's, it's kind of a they're both they're both smaller they're both smaller than this one we're doing now so but um the tri- triathlons are a big deal in the in the Ginn family with with Frank and his brother another guy that was riding with him when he, when he got killed was his brother-in-law and they were training for an you know a half ironman which is about a total of 70 miles between swim bike and run and so i asked his wife if, if you know to do this if, if if we could do this and she said absolutely and she researched the triathlon she goes oh i might just come do it with you it's a small one and we were and this other dad and i were like it's not a very small one to us no <laughs> doubt. you know we're swimming a half mile in the ocean here but um, it's uh no it, it'll be the first kind of bigger one we do so or the bigger one i've done it's the biggest one i've ever done so Brian Gates with us on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Brian, let's let's try and get this thing up over a hundred grand. How how can folks, I guess, are they pledging toward your finish, or is this a straight donation, or what it's, options it's, do they have, a, and how do they, how do they do straight, it? it? It's a straight donation, but we have to do we have to finish the race. It's that's kind of how. But you just it's it's a great website. It's a GoFundMe.com website, and there's a search for it, and it's just for Frank's girls, and his name is Frank Gwynn, and there's a link on the. There's a link on this on our little story about the the accident. Um, if, if people want to read about it, but it's it's just GoFundMe.com and search for Frank's girls, and uh, and and we love it. All I'm asking is, um, I walked into all of our assistant coaches and grabbed their credit cards and I put ten bucks down for all of them. So, it, it, you know, just a couple bucks, we'll get that thing right over it. So. Well, as a fellow firefighter myself, yep. I am uh, I'm very proud of you, and, and, and I think this is fantastic, and I hope it's as rewarding for you as it will be for that family and all of us trying to rally around the Gwyns and, and take care of some folks that have taken care of a lot of people over the years. No question. That's, you know, something that's a, Sean, that's a great way of saying it. It's, they've taken care of the community. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. No doubt. The date on your triathlon is what? The 23rd of August, so we're about uh, a little less than four weeks away. So Okay. okay. We, we got to get, is... get, get the run a little bit better. The swim's good. we got to get the run a little bit better. Now, where in the heck are you training to swim in the ocean? 
uh, Elmwood Pool. I don't know if, if that counts. Um, so. You might not find the rip current there at the Elmwood Pool no. that you might find there. No, and when I, when I told Coach Williams what I was doing, he was like, B. Gates, you know there's sharks in the ocean, too. And I said, yeah, I, I heard that. I, I guess the je- it's a high jellyfish season. So if anybody's got any tips on how not to get bit by a jellyfish, I'm in. A lot of Vaseline, Coach Gates. That's all I got to say. Uh, hey, if that's what it is, I'm in. Yep, that'll help. That'll help. Coach, all the best to you. Um, I yep. want to get an update before you go do it, but certainly we'll, we'll talk about it when you get back from Sandestin. Okay. Hey, thanks, Tom, man. You say. No problem. GoFundMe.com, right, Coach? Yep, GoFundMe.com, and then it's for Frank's girl. Perfect, perfect. Pelicans assistant coach Brian Gates with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back here to the Greenbrier in just a moment. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Taking a break from Mayor Landrew's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. Sean and John back here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll kind of put a wrap on this Thursday. Don't forget, we'll put a wrap to the day on the field at NewOrleansSaints.com and on your Saints mobile app with the New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap, um, which I think has been a good way to show you some of the highlights from practice and also some of the sound that you may or may not be able to get that goes with the media scrum following each day's workout. So look for that online later today. Special thanks again to Marcus Colston, Mike Florio, and Brian Gates. And, John, as we kind of look toward Friday now, there is some rain in the forecast. We've done nothing but talk about great weather. We've only really been dinged up by the rain one time. But uh, you've got another a day, a full day tomorrow on Friday before that scrimmage on Saturday. Any other trends that maybe you want to predict or try and get your arms around as we wrap up here what would be, I guess, Week number two. No, not really. I think uh, Coach said uh, today, I, I believe he said they reverted somewhat to install one, so uh, tomorrow might be more install two again. Just kind of the learning process. You certainly expect tomorrow to be a light, light workload since they're going to go go at it in pads again on Saturday. And, um, you know, hopefully the weather will hold off, you know, maybe 40%, 50% chance of rain over the weekend. Hopefully we're in the uh, 60% where it doesn't rain because you'd like to see these guys be able to get productive work in. If, if, they, if it's raining, I, I can't imagine that they will do any, any full contact. If that might be the deciding factor for Coach because you don't want to have you know, iffy footing if, if it gets to that situation. So hopefully the weather will hold off. We'll be able to get in the black and gold scrimmage the way it's meant to be. That's John DeShazer. You can follow him on Twitter, of course, at John DeShazer. And also follow me on Twitter, at Sean Kelly Live. Our thanks to Daniel Salerson for helping us out from Studio B in New Orleans. But for us here in West Virginia, as my partner would say, that's a wrap. So we're out of here until tomorrow. 
where we should have a good show for you where we'll hear hopefully more about the Team USA Showcase as they ramp up toward the World Championships or the FIBA World Cup as they're calling it in basketball now and certainly a lot more coverage here from Training Camp 2014 at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. For John, I'm Sean. Have a great rest of your Thursday. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.